Shoot Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person in love with the Minnesota State Fair. So Food Freedom Radio will again be in the Horticulture Building at the Minnesota State Fair on Sunday, September 1st, and on Labor Day, Monday, September 2nd. And with us in studio is to talk about um, the Minnesota Eats exhibit at the Minnesota State Fair. So let's go around the table and just tell us your name, the organization, and um, how you're connected with the Minnesota Eats. Absolutely. Well, my, my name is Anna Waugh, and I am the coordinator of the Common Tables Minnesota Eats exhibit at the State Fair. We're located in the Horticulture Building, as you mentioned, um, just across the building from the Christmas trees. We are an exhibit that uh, showcases easy-to-do actions that anybody can take to uh, acquaint themselves with food. So uh, whether or not that's growing your own food or uh, choosing restaurants that are thinking about sustainable practices, we are um, there to inspire you to make changes in small ways that really uh, affect our food system. And we have a lot of really great partners, including uh, the Food Freedom Radio folks, um, as well as some other uh partners that we have here in studio that I'm really excited are uh, going to be sharing their their expertise throughout the fair. And you have a wonderful website too, commontablemn.org with tons and tons of tips on growing food and supporting a local eco structure. Why is this important? Well, we I mean, we know that our that we have a a responsibility to the earth and to people and to ourselves um, to uh, honor honor the environment and so w one of the things that we did when we when we created this exhibit a few years ago was we wanted to have a place at the fair where people could gather and learn how to how to make an impact you know I think we think about a lot of these huge problems with our environment climate change um, you know systems where um, that the, the, Normal people feel like they don't have any any way to impact um, impact change, and really, the grassroots effort does make a difference. And we want to prove that that's possible. And so, um, you know, I think everything that that people can do to um, just um, reducing waste, even you know, it's we we waste about a third of the food that we produce in this country. Um, cutting back on the food waste that you that you have in your kitchen can make a huge impact um, in your own family budget, um, and also radiates out into the world. So, um, we we f we feel like this is a way to engage with the public at a larger scale, and really think about how. How can how can you be part of it? And then we, we hope that through through our partnerships with various local partners that we can um, give people some of those practical tips um, that that can make a difference. You know, no matter who you are, whether or not you're a person who lives in an apartment, you live in a house with a with a farm, or um, you know, or you're or you're sticking to a strict budget. You, there's there are small ways that that we can um, improve improve the earth and improve improve our uh, responsibility to our community right and it's fun yeah and it's, it's fun and it's fun it's, it's fun, fun. Exactly. i mean yeah it sounds a lot a lot more fun now and you've uh, and so uh joel tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing at the minnesota state fair i'm, I'm joel karsten i'm a author and pioneer of the straw bale gardening method Ooh. and uh we did a small exhibit in the in the booth last year and people were very interested so we're doing a little bit better this year and uh, demonstrating to people how they can easily grow their own garden, even in a real small space, for a very low investment. Um, just a couple of bales of straw and some seeds, and away you go. It doesn't take very much. Okay. You can do it on top of concrete or asphalt or, you know, it doesn't have to be a beautiful, pristine environment with perfect soil. You can basically do this anywhere. As long as there's sun and water and you get yourself a couple of bales of straw or bales of hay, uh, you can grow a vegetable garden. Okay, so you said you were a pioneer in this, mm -hmm. um, author of six books. Five. Five, five books. Yep. Five books. Five books. Sorry, my math's always a little That's off. Right. But, okay, and so um, so people, when they go to the state fair in the Minnesota Eats building, what will they see? Um, what will you have on display? Well, there's a small um, demonstration of a trellis that goes over the top of your straw bales, um, and it's just using cattle panels, uh, which are bent up and sort of humped over. 
and you'll see a couple of squash and a cucumber, I think I have on that one this year, um, growing up over the top of that trellis. And it creates kind of a neat visual, um, looks nice in your backyard, your neighbors will love it. Um, it's a nice place for to get out of the sun if you want to put a little table and a chair underneath this little trellis. It makes it really easy to pick green beans or tomatoes or cucumbers or squash uh, because they're hanging up on this trellis. Um, one of the great things about straw bale gardening is there's no weeding. So we try to demonstrate that to people. Wow. Um, we actually bring the bales with the plants growing out of them right into the exhibit. Um, and so people can see it firsthand exactly what the results are. Uh, we Unfortunately, we don't have a before and after, but you get to see what the after looks like, what your garden could look like. And it's very inexpensive to do, you know, which is one of the big benefits. So anybody really can do this. That's so great. We're going to be talking more about that later in the show and give people some tips because that is so fun for kids. Can be walking under these things, and uh, it's a really affordable way of growing vegetables. And can people even do those in apartments and balconies and um, different fun ways of working with straw bell. But also in studio we have Jessica Miller. Hi, Jessica. Hi, my name is Jessica Miller, and I uh, started my own company called Dragon's Wind, and we really work at educating people about what insects are out there and how to connect you more with the ecosystem that involves each of the different insects like pollinators and predators. Oh, but insects, aren't they like creepy, icky things that we should like put a bunch of chemicals and get rid of them? They can be creepy, icky things. Love isn't required, but the importance of them really is necessary to understand and how they really help us with our food systems um, and take care of other things in the environment too. Right, because actually, um, um, I know I was trying to be facetious because I, it's funny how people do react around bugs, and um, cause I love bugs. I mean, we even we yes, I actually have a little water out in the house for the spiders in case they. <laughs> That's lovely. I love how thoughtful all of us can be. Just little gestures towards the insects. I've never been a huge fan of insects, so it's always funny to know that I love insects now too. But getting passionate about them involves sometimes the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, well, and I know um, in our yard we've we've got a bunch of like bee balm and so many um, pollinator-friendly plants, and it's really beautiful to see all those bees buzzing and that life and that ecosystem because um, it is an abundant. It's there's an abundance to it. One of my favorites is helping people see the different bees. So we have a rainbow assortment of different bees that do different pollination. Uh, do different pollination to different plants. And one of my favorite are the shiny race car green bees. And once you teach somebody what that is, it's so empowering the next time they're in a garden or um, in their, even where they're growing food, to be able to see these bright green bees and then point them out to others. So as we share, we could share with more people and, and raise that awareness of there's some bees that look like ants. And some people aren't aware of them until you can, I can show you what they are, and then you can see them again later. So, and so when you're at the State Fair, um, how do people come up to you and they talk to you about the uh, pollinators and the bees and kids are, what are some of the reactions you get? A lot of excitement. Most people have a story to tell. Sometimes it's being stung, um, and other times it's the exploring. I mean, we, a lot of people really love nature, and when you can go in your own yard or go very close by and observe some insects and really get excited in the positive manner, um, it's so neat to play detective. And I've heard that actually insects are having a hard time right now because of human culture. Yeah, it sounds like globally we're shy almost three-quarters of insects that we should be really afraid of um, taking over the landscape, forgetting to invite them back. There's so many ways that insects are important. And again, not just for pollinating, but the insects that will eat predators um, that will be interested to eat your vegetables and your fruits. And so having an eco a healthy ecosystem that invites those insects in is, is so important. And if we can keep doing that and boost the numbers, more butterflies, more pollinators, and more um, insects that are natural, the ecosystem, we can really do a lot better. Right, because you ran by that. I mean, you said something about three-fourths of insects globally? And I'm getting that from one study that was done in Germany, but I think most people know over time we've seen a lot less insects. And, in fact, birds can manage sometimes crop pests as well. And when... We're not seeing a lot of grasshoppers that can be supplemental food. You're not getting as many birds coming to your area. I like to think of them as bird hamburgers. <laughs> um, but when you have that ecosystem, birds eating pest insects off your crops, pollinators being there, um, it can just boost so many benefits and our own discovery of, 
of seeing insects, too. So what can people do in their yards to encourage um, the ecosystem? Planting more flowers. So if you've got your vegetables and fruits that maybe bloom once, if you have other flowers in the area, you can feed those insects over more time so they'll be around when you need them for those pollination services. Um, and as well as just having other vegetation, trees and shrubs can be great for other insects, um, like predators, even a wasp nest is unfriendly as they can be when you discover them they really do eat a lot of um, maybe naughty caterpillars like cabbage whites and so they'll control some of your pest insects too so just that healthy other um, vegetation in your yard or in the environment can really support a lot more insects than we think about great so we're at the, our last minute on this segment um, and let's tell people where they can go at the minnesota state fair Absolutely. So the Minnesota Eats exhibit is in the Horticulture Building, um, which is uh, in the southeast uh, corner of the fair. And, uh, you know, just come on in the main entrance, turn left, and you'll see the Horticulture Building. We're right next to the Sky Ride. Right. And it's also the Horticulture Building is where you can see the big pumpkins. Mm -hmm. and, and it's free, right? I mean, this is one place you can go in and it's free. Absolutely, yep. Once you're in the fair, there's a lot to see in the building. We're right next to the Apple Pops. Oh, and is there some beer in this building? Yes. There's some beer and maybe yeah. some... Um, some and the it? seed art. The seed art. Yeah, the seed art, the beer. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio and we're talking about the Minnesota State Fair, the Minnesota Eats Exhibit, um, put on by CommonTableMinnesota.org. So check out Food Freedom Radio at the State Fair on uh, Labor Day and uh, Sunday, uh, September 1st. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the center? Check out our lakeside dining hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-center.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com. Tune in to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. We discuss national and local Native American news and events. Two hours is still not long enough. Join Robert Pilot, Wendy Pilot, and me, Uncle Curtis. Weekly correspondents include Winona LaDuke, John Greendeer, and Representative Mary Kanush Podine. Broadcast live AM 950 Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. We'll be broadcasting live at the Minnesota State Fair, August 24th. At the International Market Bazaar. Brought to you by Robbins Kaplan and Ho-Chunk Nation. We are awake. The Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is the perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-price bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates and private dining room for parties available. Located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. In today's challenging world, many of us are asking, but what can I do? I'm Gail Shore with Cultural Jambalaya, and I asked the same question, so I formed a small nonprofit to try to make a difference. We create educational videos featuring my global photography and cultural experiences that we offer to teachers without charge to broaden worldviews of their students. These videos help to break down cultural barriers and promote understanding and respect for all people. That's what we do. We also know that there are many others doing great work, and we recognize them at our annual Diversity Awards. This year, we'll celebrate students from Stillwater, Asian American leaders, and educators from South St. Paul and Rochester. The Cultural Jambalaya Diversity Awards will take place Thursday, October 3rd at the Metropolitan in Golden Valley. Tickets include dinner and music by T. Michael Rambo and are available at culturaljam.org. Join us and become inspired about how to make a difference. We all have something we can do. Welcome back to Food 
Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. And we're talking about the Minnesota State Fair and the Minnesota Eats um, uh, part of that. Um, you can check out uh, Food Freedom Radio. I'll be at the uh, State Fair in the Horticulture Building on Sunday, September 1st, noon to 6. And on Labor Day, uh, September 2nd from 9 to 2, Food Freedom Radio. And we'll be talking again about lazy good food. So we're going to be looking for some tips on cooking, if you've got, got tips. And we'll also be sharing some tips on cooking. But right now, we're going to be joined by uh, Cece from um, Spark Y. Now, hi, welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Hi, it's good to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Spark Y. Yeah, so Spark Y stands for Spark Youth, and we're a nonprofit in the Twin Cities, and our mission is to empower youth through hands-on education rooted in sustainability and entrepreneurship. So we're all about teaching young people how to grow their own food and change their communities for the better. So I'm, I was doing this why question, but why? Why is that important? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we see two really big needs right now in our communities and really across the whole country. Um, one is that our food systems are not currently sustainable and also not just. They're not serving everyone who needs good food. Um, and then the other big issue is our education system. Right now, we're really failing some of our students who need us the most. Um, Minnesota has some pretty big rates of students failing to graduate from high school. So we want to really re-engage kids and empower all young people to become citizens and change makers. Right. I mean, and with the industrialization of, of food, I mean, for the first time in human history, probably in all likelihood, our lifespans are going down. And some people point to the fact that most of the food that's available, sugar, salt, fat, is really hard on the body. Um, and so eating healthy foods like eating broccoli and, and, and fresh peas and, and things that can grow, um, people just aren't eating um, enough vegetables. And one of the best Absolutely. one of the best ways to get kids to eat vegetables is to help them grow them. Exactly. I've met so many kids who have just totally scoffed at the thought of eating a radish, but then the second they grow it themselves, they are thrilled to try it out. And I see some head shaking here in the studio. Jessica, you want to chime in there? I, I think it is that investment. When you get passionate about things like getting closer to insects, I think it really connects you in a way that you're much more excited than, than just the theory or just the idea. And what about Joel? Exactly. Joel, have you found that too? Kids and vegetables? And oh, yeah, absolutely. We see it all the time. You know, you get kids started early and they get excited about it, get their feet wet, and they become gardeners. You know, it's hard to, mm -hmm. it's hard to ever meet anybody who quits gardening. Um, you know, once they start doing it, they yeah. do it until they physically can't do it anymore. I, I had a five-year-old at my yard and, you know, we were picking berries and they're like, their eyes just lit up. It's like, really? I mean, the berries are here. I mean, they're just, it's just, there is this natural, um, it's like riding a bike. I mean, we know how to do this. We were hunter-gatherers for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think kids will really pick up whatever we give them, you know? So if we're feeding them candy in schools as rewards, then they'll get addicted to that sugar, you know, but instead if we're taking them outside, getting their hands in the dirt and giving them cherry tomatoes, that's what they'll learn to love. So what will we be doing at the state fair? Yeah. So we will have an exhibit about aquaponics. So aquaponics is kind of our flagship curriculum model that allows students to grow their own food year round. Since of course the current educational system, the school year doesn't really line up with the Minnesota farming calendar. So in an aquaponics system, Students in classrooms can grow not only their own vegetables and herbs, but also produce edible fish. So we'll have a demonstration system at the fair. And so in your demonstration, can people do this with their fish tanks? Yeah, absolutely. You can actually remove a filter that you have on your fish tanks and instead install a grow bed with plants and grow medium that can act as a biofilter. Wow, that's pretty cool. And so do you know what time you're at the state fair? Yeah, we will have staff and volunteers there for a few hours um, on the 24th, and gosh, at least one other date that's slipping my mind. 23rd but and 24th. Our, 23rd and 24th. Yep. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but we will have our system up and running with our bluegill there for the entire duration of the fair. You said bluegill? Yeah, it's a Minnesota native fish that we like to use in our aquaponics system. Great, great. And how can people get more information about Spark Y? The best way is probably to visit our website, spark-y.org. So what else is going on at this Minnesota State Fair? Sure. So this year we have a couple of really cool new things happening in the exhibit. Um, 
for people who've been to the exhibit before, they may have noticed we have light boxes that you can step on a mat and learn the story of um, various people through this, throughout the state who are um, improving um, environmental justice, who are taking on an issue of environmental justice. So, um, you know, we, we really um, emphasize the idea of six six easy actions that everyday people can take. So that's grow your own food, reduce food waste, um, dine smart at restaurants that are sustainable, um, uh, choose local food when you can, um, and, um, and other things. So one of the, one of the um, things that we did this year um, is, so each of those action areas highlights an individual in Minnesota who is improving the idea of equity in that action area. And um, we've featured various partners in each of those areas. Um, this year, we've updated the area, um, which is to improve and uh, and produce good soil. So we know that you can't garden without healthy soils. Um, and uh, Main Street Project is a local organization. Um, you know, they have farmers that they work with throughout the state. Um, there's a woman out in Northfield, Minnesota, who's um, who's uh, growing chickens. Um, she loves to grow these chickens in harmony with the earth, and so she's she's um, do, practicing regenerative far regenerative farming, um, which is kind of a new concept. And the idea of regenerative farming is that you um, can put, you know, soil is made of carbon. And we know that climate change is a huge issue um, that's being caused because we have, you know, global warming gases um, in the atmosphere. So one way to combat that is to take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it into the ground. Um, so sh her work is actually um, using chickens to close the loop on the system, improve the soil of the farm, um, and take some of that carbon out of the atmosphere and make it into healthy, healthy fertile soils. So she'll be, um, she'll be, uh, featured in one of those light boxes this year, um, in the, um, nurture healthy soil area. We are also featuring some great new restaurants we have, um, in the Dine Smart exhibit. Um, you know, we're doing some updates, so stop by there and you can take pictures of, you know, different ideas of places you might want to try. Um, we're getting some restaurants from, um, you know, greater Minnesota. So not just in the Twin Cities. Um, and finally, um, we are, uh, we've kind of made a permanent area about pollinators uh, where we're talking about the benefits of pollinators and their relationship with solar farms. Ooh, that's so exciting. I love the Minnesota State Fair. I really do. And the idea of bringing this level of education to a place like the Minnesota State Fair um, is exciting. And the other thing that there is at the Minnesota State Fair right now, there is, uh, what is it, uh, 60 or no, 70... 80 different types of beverages. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So raspberry wine, slushies, all sorts of things. Minnesota State Fair. Appliance savings on a stick? Warner Stallion's guaranteed unbeatable prices are so low, they're not even fair. Save up to 35% on select KitchenAid dishwashers, then save a lot more with free installation from one of our trusted specialists. Or save even more with unbeatable discounts on four-piece kitchen suites. We have an endless number to choose from. Then, you'll love our fast-free delivery in Holloway from trusted specialists. You can even choose 18 months interest-free financing. Get guaranteed appliance savings for a limited time, exclusively from Minnesota's own Warner Stallion. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. From classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats, and pizzas all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoes.com. 
This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Finding a lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know where to start. So start with the Hennepin County Bar Association. They can connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Not sure if you need an attorney or what type of attorney to request? The referral counselors at Hennepin County Bar Association can help. Call 612-752-6666 or search for Hennepin County Bar Association. The right call for the right lawyer. I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for sunny skies today with a high near 77. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 59. Sunday, a chance for rain with a high near 76. And Monday, rain with a high around 73. Total Dog Company is celebrating their sixth year open on Saturday. They're offering double frequent Barker card punches on all purchases and a clearance on slow-moving items where nothing will be over $10, as well as instant win drawing for Kong toys. They're located off 169 and 36th Avenue North in New Hope or at totaldogcompany.com. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. That's an old song, but... We're talking about the Minnesota State Fair and the uh, Minnesota Eats exhibit at the State Fair. And I love this song. It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, so, Jessica Miller, um, Miller, um, Bugs, are they part of a wonderful life? Absolutely. They're fascinating. <laughs> In fact, I'm loving coming late into life into butterflies. For, uh, I had reservations about butterflies. Everybody loves a butterfly. And they're so metal, if I can, <laughs> that they go from caterpillar to butterfly. The metamorphosis is amazing. You can put specific plants to attract ones. Um, so, what's the best thing to do for monarchs? Monarchs keep keep them keep up the nature. I mean, I know we keep wanting to bring them inside and rear them out and things. It sounds like nature does nature the best. So, if you can keep mm-hmm. planting milkweed, uh, keep putting flowers out for the adults, and it's making a difference, isn't it? I mean, I'm seeing more and more yards with the milkweed, and um, and and I know it's making a difference. I think I I think I've seen like three or four monarchs. Nothing like we used to see, but it's so vital that we all step up and and plant. What other plants are great for our friends? Um, Coneflowers can be great for uh, for nectar and pollen resources. Uh, sunflowers can be great too. Really, if you can plant any flower to make sure they're blooming all year long in areas so you've got food resources for insects all year long, it yeah. helps. That does help. And so I, I know uh, even I used to call it Creeping Charlie. I don't like it because it kind of seems like it takes over. But someone is like tries to rename that Good Time Charlie because it does provide food at a critical time when hardly anything else is in bloom. So having that balance in the yard, though, um, where something's always in bloom and um, and everyone finds their own rhythm with it. But just opening ourselves up and, and, um, and noticing the wonder. Yeah, it's so exciting. I mean, every year I think I have new insects in my yard. It's really encouraging. I even got a huge spider in my yard the other day. I thought, ooh, that was new and exciting. I saw a hummingbird moth in my yard the other day. It's so exciting. Seriously, every year there's something new, some new questions from other people, and it's so fun to empower them and tell them what they're seeing, what it means, what it's doing. I mean, we're dependent on so many other states for butterflies to return that they don't survive our winters, and I love the teamwork, and I love all the efforts that we in Minnesota do. Every year we're thoughtful about planting more pollinator-friendly gardens, being thoughtful about water. I mean, the aquatic insects are pretty wild, too. The aquatic. And before the show, I, I love that you had this word that about spreading joy that I thought was really kind of cool. So what was that word? Winjo. Winjo. How do you spell winjo? W-Y-N-J-O. And it means your joy is my joy. 
<sighs> that's so much. That's that's nice. And it could be things like maybe I don't like wasps, but you saw a new wasp and it made you really excited so that I would feel the wind, Joe. Your happiness made me happy. That's so cool. Okay, and uh, Joel, you do a, a square bell gardening, and you have uh, five books out on this, and you'll be right. at the state fair. Yeah, I'll be there on the 25th and 26th, so come and see me, 25th and 26th of August, all day. All day. So how did you even start on this? Oh, boy, it's 28 years ago now. I bought my first house in a little suburb outside of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Roseville, and went to plant a garden. And it turns out I had one inch of topsoil. Oh, because they took all those topsoils yeah, off and they did something. Yeah, right. I grew up on a farm where, you know, we had three and a half feet of topsoil and we grew beautiful crops. You're not going to grow much with one inch of soil. So my big problem was I had just graduated college and I had just bought my first house. So I didn't have $400 to build raised beds. But I did have these lingering memories growing up on the farm of how we would throw a broken bale of straw up next to the barn and six months would go by and great big weeds would grow out of those bales. <laughs> so I have a degree in horticulture from the university. So I thought, you know, why couldn't I use that as a substrate just to grow vegetables? It takes basically the same nutrient profile to grow healthy tomatoes and peppers as it does healthy thistles, right? So I called some of my old professors and they poo-pooed the idea. They didn't think it was a very good idea, but I decided I would try it. And after some experimenting over a couple of years, I really perfected a method for doing it. So it's really foolproof. If you get a bale of straw, you follow this 12-step method um, and plant, it's, it's almost impossible to screw it up. Um, tomatoes, peppers, and cucumbers are the three big ones that people love, and they grow really well in straw bales. But you can really grow anything. The only thing we don't recommend is sweet corn because it gets too big and the roots are too big. And then perennial crops like asparagus and rhubarb raspberries, things like that, you wouldn't want to plant in bales because within two years, three years, there's nothing left but a little lump of compost in your garden. That's it. That's the crazy. inside of the bale really becomes soil. That's the important thing for people to understand. You're not really growing in straw. You're actually growing in soil. It's just we're encouraging that straw to decompose quickly and become soil inside the bale. So it's a little more complex than just getting a bale of soil and putting a pot in it, yeah, right? So what are the steps? Complex. Well, you basically you're going to add a source of nitrogen, which can be organic, can be blood meal. Works really well. That's what I encourage people to use. Um, or you can use lawn fertilizer if you don't object to that. And you put that on in some water. You do that every other day for this 10-day period. And by the 12th day, the bales will have heated up because what you're doing when you add nitrogen and water is you feed bacteria. Mm -hmm. and bacteria, unfortunately, are so small we can't see them, but you can feel them because the bales will get warm. They'll get hot. And as the bales get warm, that bacteria is quickly reproducing and colonizing the inside of the bale. Then it'll begin to digest or metabolize the straw and it breaks the stalks down into cells, the cells down into molecules. And those molecules are things that new plants need. Things like nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, lithium, zinc, calcium, iron, manganese, all of the micronutrients that a plant needs to absorb through its roots to grow new cells and become a new plant. So the same cells that were inside of that wheat straw stalk last year and got bailed up inside the bale, this year those cells become molecules and the same molecules are now used to grow your tomato or your potato. So you would do this like uh, 10 days before you're going to plant? 10 days or... before you're going to plant. Yeah. And you can plant a little bit earlier than you normally would, which is a big advantage of this method because you're not planting into cold soil. You know, you put a tomato in the ground in the middle of May and the soil's still 50 degrees, where inside the bale it could be 80, 90 or 100 degrees. Wow. So Warm season crops really thrive. Do people ever do things in the fall and the winter to prepare for next spring? Um, you can buy your bales in the fall. It's a good time to get your bales and get them out in the garden, get them ready. Just let them sit out and get snowed on, rained on. It doesn't hurt anything. As a matter of fact, it speeds up the process a little bit. But you still need to go through the conditioning process because we need to add that nitrogen to balance out the carbon-nitrogen ratio in order to get that decomposition to, to happen quickly. Anybody who's been a composter understands this basic uh, basics that are involved in, in getting this decomposition to happen quickly. Great. Um, and so, Anne, tell us about um, the other things that are going on then at the uh, Minnesota Eats exhibit at the common table in the horticulture building at the State Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm just so excited that both Joel and Jessica are able to make it again this year. We got great feedback last year from fairgoers, and if you didn't 
didn't make it out to the exhibit and to talk to them, do it this year. Or if, if you did talk to them last year, um, come see what they're doing because uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, Joel, I was super excited about the... Um, about the straw bale last year there was huge hubbard squash just hanging off of this amazing um amazing archway and one of the cool things i think about the straw bale gardens is really just that it um really anybody can do it and i lived in an apartment for a long time and had a tiny like 10 by 10 square foot porch and it's like a bale fits there so you can grow um in in a very small space with when you don't have any soil and um it works much better than you know, perhaps even like a container garden or something like that. Um, but that's one of the things that's uh, cool about the exhibit is that we're um, showing lots of different ways that um, in individuals can um, make a difference um, and um, get involved. So if you want to learn about container gardening or vertical vertical gardening, you can do that. Um, we have huge list of all of the um, all of the vegetables and fruits that are in season um, and when they're in season and when you can expect to see them in your gardens. Um, we also, um, I, I mentioned this just briefly before the break, um, we have uh, uh, the folks from uh, Fresh Energy are going to be out this year talking about the solar grown um, project, which connects um, the idea of growing native plants next to um, larger farms to encourage pollinators. Um, and then they're also putting uh, so, uh, solar panels in those uh, pollinator areas. So it's, uh, uh, you know, combating climate change while also encouraging pollinators and um, bringing those pollinators um, next to crops. Um, one of the things I just learned about um, from them is there's a insect, um, and maybe Jessica knows the name of it. I can't, I'm having, I'm blanking on what the name of it is, but it's a, um, I think it's a beetle that specifically pollinates squash um, and they're planting native plants that are um, that are that will attract that that particular insect and um, next to squash fields um, and then having the solar panels there as well. So it's kind of a new concept um, and it's really cool. It's happening here in Minnesota. This is uh, kind of the first state to really try this out um, and uh, it's spreading across the country. So it's it's a really cool thing that. Um, you know, I think Minnesota is very innovative um, right. with agriculture, and so that's, uh, you know, one of the things that we're showcasing in the what, exhibit. What, what a wonderful place to be at the State Fair. And um, and I want to play a clip right now, because last year, one of the things I'll be doing at the State Fair is I'm going to actually ask people for their recipes. Um, and I like to do lazy good food recipes. So I'm going to play a clip, um, a very State Fairy clip, I think, from uh, last year. You know about soup. Soup is a wonderful thing. It's like baking. It shows love and affection. It's, it's nurturing. Well, one day when my husband and I had a restaurant, he was so crabby, he was going off to the bank. And he, he was running the dining room and I was cooking in the kitchen. And so the break came after lunch and he says, well, he said, we're out of soup. You better make some soup. And out the door he went. So I go to the walk-in cooler and there's nothing there to make any soup from except a bunch of pans of uh, mashed potatoes. And we made real mashed potatoes. But I had like two big pans of mashed potatoes from the day before and from that day that we hadn't sold out with our hot turkey place. So I thought, okay. So I went in the kitchen and I made a big, a big roux with some cream sauce. And then I took and I put the mashed potatoes in there and then I fried up some bacon with drippings and crumbled it up and I threw that into the soup and some sauteed onions and I threw that into the soup. And then I got some uh, uh, smoky ham base you can get. And I put in a couple of tablespoons of that and I got this big pot of soup. So I go into the bar and I write on the white on the board, you know, because we told everybody what the soup was. I said, creamy, lumpy, smoky mashed potato soup. <laughs> So my crabby husband comes back from the bank. He goes in, he puts a change in the cash register, and he turns around, and he sees this sign. Well, he's not a very patient man. He comes flying into the kitchen, and he says, what in the hell is the matter with you? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, who do you think is going to buy smoky, lumpy soup? And I said, well... That's all we had, and I made soup with what we had. 
So anyway, that night we sold out, and the next day I made another batch, and it became one of our most popular All right. So, <laughs> so lumpy, smoky doesn't that feel Minnesota State Fairish? I mean, I just, that is so fit Minnesota State Fair. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We're going to be taking a break, but do stop by the Minnesota Eats exhibit um, at the Horticulture Building at the Minnesota State Fair. Um, I will be there Sunday, September 1st from noon to 6, and on Labor Day, Monday, September 2nd from 9 to 2, as will all these cool people that we've talked to um, this weekend. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some, some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Co- Total Dog is celebrating our sixth birthday and our valued customers are getting the gifts on saturday august 24th we'll be giving double frequent barker card punches on all purchases check out our dollar sale where nothing will be over ten dollars we'll have instant win drawings on kong toys see you at total dog on saturday august 24th between nine and six happy birthday to us in new hope off of 169 at 94 32 36th avenue north and at totaldogcompany.com AM 950 is hosting a debate-watching party on Thursday, September 12th at the Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. Come watch with like-minded progressives as the Democratic presidential candidates debate all the important issues and figure out how to beat Trump. Doors will open a half hour before the start of the debate. Your ticket includes free, debatable appetizers with a cash bar. We'll play a debate-themed Blue No Matter Who bingo with lots of great prizes. Matt McNeil and the Repartee crew will be there. And if you have ideas for our weekly Tuesday Solutions show, we'd love to hear them. Debate-watching tickets are only $15, and they will go fast, so make sure you order now at am950radio.com. So let's watch the debate together on Thursday, September 12th at the Park Tavern in St. Louis Park as we figure out who will dump Trump in 2020. Order your tickets now at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. And if you have any questions, call us at 952-946-8885. Chances are after spring cleaning, you missed a spot. A couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding. You'll likely get a gross residue. And your roof probably has some black streaks, too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding. Blue Sky's safe soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house roof and siding clean starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home clean for only $447. Then mention AM950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the center? Check out our lakeside dining hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-center.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant to nourish the seeds of change. And we're talking about the Minnesota State Fair. Yay! Um, and we're going to be um, airing this show August 24th and August 31st. Um, there's a wonderful exhibit called the Minnesota Eats Exhibit at the Common Table Minnesota. Um, you can get information at commontablemn.org. And, Anne, you want to tell us a little bit more about um, history and how this all, Absolutely. the partnerships? So, I mean, it's been really an amazing opportunity. The State Fair um, kind of opened the doors and... Um, 
brought to uh, you know we came together a group of us it's nonprofit people um, designers architects um, people from the local food community have all um, really worked hard to bring this exhibit um, to fruition and and it's really a beautiful space even just to come and sit and um, have have a little break from the hubbub of the rest of the fair learn something about local food um, and and become inspired Cool. And Joel, uh, what days are you going to be at the state? I'm there August 25th and 26th for for all day, apparently. And uh, there might be some other straw bale gardeners out there as well. I'm looking for some volunteers locally to come out and talk about their straw bale gardens. But um, yeah, you can learn a lot about straw bale gardening just by looking at our exhibit. Even if I'm not there, there's still informational material you can look at. And your exhibit last year was very, very popular. Uh, Kids love to go under it. It was a nice tunnel with vegetables hanging out from the tunnel and uh, all the information about how to set it up and and, and make uh, straw bale um, common. Right. Yeah. It's super easy to do. So it doesn't take a lot of study to get up to speed on how to do it. So, you know, people can come out, take a couple pictures of what the exhibit looks like and go home and pretty much copy what I've done. And uh, tell us again your website if they want to buy your books, uh, how how you buy your books. Just strawbellgardens.com. It's real easy to find. So if you Google straw bale gardening, you will find me. I'm everywhere. <laughs> it's become very, very popular in, in, just in the United States, all over in North America, as well as the book's been translated into 20 some odd languages. So, wow. Yeah, all over the world and in more than 60 countries, there's people straw bale gardening. If you're a Facebooker, there's tons and tons and tons of groups in different languages um, all around the world that feature straw bale gardening and the method and how to do it. And, you know, you can ask questions. And you're and a pioneer then, in this, but you had this idea, right. but then other people may have had the idea at the same time. And right. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much wrote the first material that was ever published about it and then wrote a self-published book first, and that become became really popular. And then uh, the publishers came and said, you need to write a real book about this. And I said, well, I thought I already wrote a real book. And they said, oh, no. We're going to take professional pictures, and then we're going to keep most of the money. Then it's a real book. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wrote uh, my first published book was in 2013. So since then, in the last you know few years, it's happened really, really fast and become What's the potential for a straw bell gardening? We're doing it right now in Cambodia, in Philippines, in South Africa, and a lot of places around the world where food is not a hobby. It's, you know, with if you don't grow food, you don't eat, basically. And there's a lot of malnutrition that happens because of, you know, they might get food aid, handout food from organizations, but that's usually really high carbohydrate, not good for you kind of food, causes diabetes and heart disease and cancer. And some and people write about it creates cycles of dependency. Right, and again, exactly. then it can also it wipe destroys, out small farmers right, because if you can get your, this from, yeah. Your local farmers can't have a market anymore for their food. So... Uh, we teach those people how to use straw, which they have lots of, rice straw, left over in the fields. And usually they burn it, which is not good for the environment at all. So now they make it into bales, and then they use those bales to grow vegetables, even during drought and flood season, which is wow. really important, um, especially in Cambodia, where that's five months a year. There's a drought and flood season. I did a whole TED Talk on this online, so if anybody's interested, they can look it up. Oh, that is actually, because yeah. it's also a, a nice strategy for climate uh, change. Yeah, it really... It really has an impact when you see a whole country on fire for a week or two weeks in the spring burning their straw to get ready to plant their next crop. And you try to start explaining to these people that this straw actually has value. You can use it for something else. Um, So it's a big it's a big light bulb that turns on in their head. So it's not just a you know, it's a Minnesota thing because this is really where it started, where I started doing it was right in Roseville nearby. Um, But now it's spread all around the world. How fun. Yeah. How meaningful. It is pretty fun. That's surprising. Um, and Jessica, tell us about what days you're going to be at the fair. Dragon's Wound will be at the fair August 27th and 28th, Tuesday and Wednesday, all day long. And what will you be doing? I'll have um, a number of insect displays so you can look at and see what size actual insects are and hopefully get your head around what they look like and which ones they are. And we'll also be talking about how they connect to food. We've got some nice displays and some really nice large photos um, to show off. A little more of the detail of the small insects. 
Great. And Food Freedom Radio will be there uh, Sunday, September 1st from noon to 6 and on Labor Day um, from uh, 9 to 2. And we're going to be talking. We're going to be asking people how they cook. You know, get into some of the videos so we can collect some information on how people cook. And then we also will have some information about how to cook. So last three minutes of the show, let's go around again and just say anything you feel like. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just ex- so excited that... Um, we're having this exhibit again at the State Fair. I hope everyone comes by and sees us at the Horticulture Building. Uh, we're right next to the Sky Ride and uh, uh, learn something, share something, um, enjoy your time at the Minnesota State Fair. And if people aren't able to go to the State Fair for whatever reason, um, there also is a wonderful information on your website, which is commontablemn.org. And just to give you a sample, because I was surprised, because under Reduce the Waste, you had a thing about take ice cube trays and put your favorite herbs on and think about how you want to cook if you want to make a soup so you can put your herbs in the ice cream tra- in the ice cube trays and then maybe add some oil or some some butter make your own herb butter and then put it in the freezer use Voila. it all year long use it all year long and that's all there you can pull it out so that was great so all sorts of awesome tips like that and uh, Joel we have an adopt-a-garden at the fair as well. Ooh. So if anybody comes in the front gate, you can go right off of Dan Patch, come to the first stop sign, look left, and you'll see a, our big adopt-a-garden there. That's one you can look at and walk through as well. And then come down to the eight-sided building. That's how I explain to people where we are. The horticulture the building. The horticulture building, the eight-sided building. Everybody knows when you go inside. It's like a big spoke building. Um, that's where the common table exhibit is and where the Minnesota Eats exhibit is and where you'll see the Strawbell Garden um, sample garden. Right, because they also have the beautiful flowers, the seed arts, the baked pumpkins. Mm -hmm. It's all free. Right. Dragon's Wind is so excited to be there. This is the second year. Uh, It's so fun to impact a lot of people, a lot of really neat visitors at the State Fair. It's so great to be here. And um, I can't wait to show you off some of the insects you, you will be finding in your gardens. Cool, cool. And I encourage everyone to stop by the State Fair whenever whenever you feel like it. And again, it's the um, Horticulture Building. And so there's this wonderful, I mean, the Minnesota State Fair and Horticulture, those two grew up together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's... there. That's the the whole the whole thing about fairs is to showcase agriculture and it's the number one industry in our state and thinking about how we do agriculture in a smart way and um, you know is is so important and um, with the change of our time how you know how do we want to live as a society going forward and I think those are the kinds of things that we're asking ourselves and those are the kinds of um, things that we're exploring at the Minnesota Eats exhibit how do we create the world we want our children to live in and how does the food system reflect that so um, I thank you guys all so much and thanks Spark Y for coming on and thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio check out the Minnesota State Fair um, and you can get more information at commontablemn.org um, Food Freedom Radio will be at the Minnesota State Fair on Sunday, September 1st from noon to 6 and on Labor Day, uh, September 2nd from 9 to 2. So thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Bring it to the-